go. All right, welcome to the Rebel Health Academy podcast. Um, first off, I just want to start off with um, welcome, welcoming you to country. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we are, which we gather today, and we pay our respects to the elders, past and present. I extend the respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people here today. Thank you, Will. Thank you. No worries. Thank you, Will. We, uh, we have the privilege of having Gavin Potter here today, the man, the myth, the legend, the doctor of waves, the international mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the doctor of waves. Um, thanks too, for joining the show. You're too kind, Tristan. I don't know about that, but anyway. Thanks, <laughs> Gavin uh, is a man that I met in the, in the gym, looking to get into the fireys and uh, put on a bit of strength, I guess, and um, I was blown away by this guy's just energy and enthusiasm for life. Um, there's a real uh, loving, um, nurturing, enthusiastic, warm vibe that I got from you on day one and, and I get every time I see you. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show, Gav. Thanks for joining us. Oh, cheers, Tristan. I mean, what a pleasure to... To do my first podcast and to do it with you guys, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty nerve-wracking, but stoked to be here. Yeah, beautiful. And you've just come back from Bali. Tell us a little bit about how you're feeling yeah, about that well, trip. That was, uh, that was nice. So I went for a little two-week trip away to do some work with Tropic Surf, who I used to work with for before the pandemic, about seven years. Um, so it was nice to get back on a boat, and uh, we went to remote eastern indonesia to a little island of sumba the island they say uh indonesia forgot about it's absolutely spectacular like just so raw you know they still have the pasolas there they're, they're very tribal people and the waves are i mean i don't want to talk it up too much because then it'll get crowded <laughs> <laughs> the waves are pretty uncrowded and uh yeah absolutely beautiful experience you can create so yeah that couple with a couple of days either side in bali to get my fill was pretty cool fantastic yeah i love bali <clears throat> i can't wait to get back there and um just see them the the actual the people themselves are so nice and smiley and the culture there is just like banging in it like <clears throat> it really is there's something about them they're just so caring and their whole belief in karma you know they just really want to do right by you and make sure you have a good experience you know like i remember you just pop your gear in the little warung on the side of the mountain there at Ulu's and, you know, you've got all your valuables in there, but you don't worry because as long as you spend money with them, they'll look after you, look after your gear, come in from the surf, nice coconut water. <laughs> you just, you, you're treated like royalty. It's great. Yeah. It's the dream. It is, isn't it? And um, that stemmed from the work you do with the Australian Surf Progression or is that, tell us a little bit about that and... Yeah, so ASP, uh, the acronym is what we use for uh, Australian Surfing Progression. It's basically a little company that I set up a couple of years ago with a mate of mine, Jimmy Wallace. We, um, coming out of the, the back end of working with TS around the world for, for quite a few years, um, you know, I, just before the pandemic happened, I, I actually, I was sitting in my room in Mexico. Uh, I'd been working in the four season there and with Tropic Surf and I just had this feeling like, I think I'm ready to move back to Oz. You know, it's been quite a few years living out of a suitcase, <clears throat> as glamorous as that is. Um, 
yeah, so I, I came back to Australia and I was just kind of feeling out what was next for me and I bumped into my friend Jimmy in my hometown here at Coolum and um, he'd been coaching a lot of young kids in town um, but didn't really know how to run a business out of it um, and, and sort of what the next steps were. So I obviously had a lot of experience of um, managing surf shacks around the world for, for Tropic Surf. Um, and so, yeah, together we, we put together this little business and sort of started that out of, uh, well, the gym component of it out of his dad's shed, which was pretty cool. And yeah, we were able to get this cool little business happening for all the young kids in town and help them progress through to, to all their competitive aspirations and, and whatever that looks like, whether it's competitive or, yeah. or just becoming a better surfer. Awesome. What's, um, we were speaking about before, I want to uh, dive into that a little bit, is um, what's the philosophy of the business? Like, so you've got these young kids, which is awesome, because um, I reckon in today's like world, there's no like um, wise elders, shall we say. So having someone that's into surfing, um, good backgrounds and you're getting the younger kids in here like you've got a pretty big uh, responsibility in a way where you can shape these young men and women's lives so I suppose I just want to know what the philosophy is that you have running in your your um, program yeah yeah that's that's really cool Will um, I guess it, it was all about you know because competitive surfing is so um, so tough these days it's really that whole holistic view you know so we want to expose them to as much stuff as we as good as much good stuff as we can so whether that's you know exposing them to yoga ice bath therapies um strength and conditioning you know how to move your body properly bear crawls that whole opposite hand opposite leg stuff um you know so it's we're trying to not only just do all the stuff in the water but it's what can we do outside of the water mind you know with the mind with the with the with the baths um that's pretty powerful like watching even myself go in there the first time for like 30 seconds and freak out and get out of there and then you know learning to overcome that with breath and just calming the mind and and working your way up to a couple of minutes in the bath you know that's just just one thing so yeah you you're exactly right you know i um i see it's very important i'm i'm also the vice president of cool and board riders so um, that's been huge to, to really be a pillar of the community and try to, try to help shape what, cause the kids, you know, I've now got a little one year old and it's so true. What they see is what you do is what they copy and they want to do. So as much as we can try to show them a good path, um, yeah, it's the best way to do it. I think yeah. it's our philosophy. <laughs> awesome. And excuse me, and, and these kids that you're working with, are they all different ages and at different stages in their life? Are they in school? Are they out of school? Like, who are you working with? Yeah. So I guess the demographic has been mainly school kids. We didn't really want to just, you know, envelope it into that. We, I've worked with other adults and we had some guys there that were a bit older as well. But predominantly, I would say it's like primary school to... 17 so like nine nine years old through to 17 um and, and a range of kids that are doing homeschooling or um or are at school still and yeah so that's sort of the demographic that we're working with boys and girls and 
it's uh, it's really cool because, you know, especially the ones that are going through their teenagehood, which I think that's what you what you're asking, and it's yeah, it's pretty interesting working with their mindsets um, and just different emotions that come up because. It's really cool because, you know, we've all been there, you know, we've been through puberty and all the testosterone and everything that comes in and the self-doubt and and then the kids that are overconfident, yeah. you know, you get, <laughs> yeah. you get the full mixed bag. Yeah. Um, some days, you know, they're crying in your arms and the next day they're pumped up on life and they're charging the biggest waves they've ever surfed and, um, yeah, really challenging themselves. So, yeah, it, it is... That is quite special. Mm, yeah, that's sure. pretty cool. And do the kids know they have that space to come and speak to you? Like, um, you know, because, yeah, it's massive. I feel like they do. Yeah. I feel like they do because, obviously, they've already done that. And uh, whether they... You know, one of the biggest things I try to do as a coach is that you're not so much coaching a sport, you're coaching a person. So it's really understanding them, understanding their wants, their needs their fears, their strengths, all those different things about the person. And, and at every session at the end, I actually, and I, <laughs> I kind of get in trouble for it a little bit because I take a bit, a bit longer time, you know, they're trying to get off to school. Um, sorry, teachers, I get them there a little bit late sometimes <laughs> and parents, but it's because I want to take the time to talk to them at the end and really find out, you know, you know, let's revise over stuff. What was going right? What was going wrong? How could we, you know, improve for the next time? And Cause it's just a journey you know we're, we're all going through it and um so i think they do feel comfortable yeah yeah and it's also asking them questions making sure that they answer me back instead of just telling them so yeah that's how i know they're comfortable because they they answer back yeah beautiful that's amazing love it's, that yeah it's so cool to have a focus like that as a kid and then to have an outlet like yourself someone who's um responsible and capable of dealing with those emotions I know when I was a kid playing tennis, you'd go through shit in your day from school or whatever, and you didn't even know you were carrying it when you're out playing tennis. And then you'd be frustrated and you'd be angry and overwhelmed and your whole game would go to shit. And then not only is your school life shit, but your tennis life is shit. And it's like your whole world's falling apart in front of you. And, you know, little do you know, you're just not managing your emotions. It's all out of perspective. And, you know, having a wise elder like yourself to fill that role is, is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it is crazy, like, how sports clubs do that just naturally. I know, like, do you class yourself as a sports club? Sort uh, of like, you know, like, does surfing have a... Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, you know, I talk about sports clubs because I played uh, AFL, so I'm like, that, that environment's, like, amazing. Um, do you guys... Yeah, I guess we try, a, to, we try to create that, that club atmosphere, or at least... So we have cool and board riders that a lot yeah. of the pretty much all the kids that I coach are, are in that club mm. um, so they have that and yeah trying to create that that team uh, feeling and spirit for sure yeah yeah, yeah. I lost where I was trying to take that question as well so <laughs> <laughs> there's a point it might come back to me yeah yeah no it is good it's important isn't it building those that that camaraderie and that 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 spirit that you need together to to get through those ups and downs, I guess, is kind of where you were yeah. probably asking because, yeah, they, you, your mates help drag you through those times when you might be... So it might be your coach, it might be your mates, it might be another dad. It might it takes a community to grow up just to bring up a... Yeah, it's not just one person. Like, I love, like thanks so much for what you are saying about me, but it's not just about me, it's about everyone, you know. It's about oh, yeah. the whole... 
the whole team, everyone rips in and helps each other. And yeah, and especially, and I see that so much, especially when the waves are big, because, you know, the surf is so challenging. Um, everyone, you know, we're all surfers, we know. And um, if you're not a surfer, it's like you're dealing with the elements. So one day can be absolutely easy. The next day is a totally different challenge. The, the, the waves have picked up, the, the tides changed, it's crunchy, it's, you know, it's, it's got different elements about it. So what I have seen with our little team is that, you know, the, the boys and girls are really helpful, helping each other. Like, come on, you can get it, waiting for each other, paddling together. Come on, like self-talk, like telling them. I, I got one that I say, um, and this, yeah, it's called uh, Twinkle Twinkle when they go under the waves. And, and I actually got that one from this little eight-year-old girl I was working with in Melbourne. <laughs> you are going to need to explain this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's because, um, yeah, I was working in the Maldives, this little girl, and she, a big wave came. The first time this big wave came, you know, respective to her. She was, uh, as she dove off her board to swim under, she was like, twinkle, twinkle. And she dove under and she came up still singing, twinkle, twinkle, little star. And I was just like, what is that? That is so good. That's like her way of dealing with the fact that she just needed to blank out the fact she needs to go underwater and relax. So I've then then adopted it with the other kids and uh, they all have a bit of a laugh about it now. So a big wave's coming and they're like, twinkle, twinkle. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So that's, that's a bit about the business. Now we want to get down to the nitty gritty stuff, don't we, T-Dog? We certainly do, Uh, yeah. So where did, where did it all begin? Where? My life? Yeah, like, where yeah. Where did all that begin? Yeah, yeah. where did it all okay. begin? The, the, the journey of Gavin Potter. Well, it began here in Coolum Beach, actually. So I grew up here in Coolum. Oh, wow. Yes. Love yeah. it. One of the, 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 the true locals. Um, but at the same time, man, I love to travel and I, I don't ever want to be one of those kind of people that's yeah. like local, local. But um, yeah, so I started here in Coolum Beach. Uh, 37 odd years ago, racking the brain back now. Uh, went to Coolum here, kindy, primary, high, surfed on the Coolum board riders. Um, yeah, just a humble, normal kid. And, um, and I say that because I, I want other kids that hear this to know that they can. Like, I like to share my story with other kids in town because I, it's good to know that you don't just have to be a plumber or a carpenter or whatever. And no, I am a carpenter by trade, so... Um, not riding off those trades, but if you want to, there's a whole other world out there for travel and work and, and life. And yeah, I was able to, to go and work with the richest people in the world, uh, with Tropic Surf, which was a great experience. And, um, so yeah, where did it all begin? It began here and yeah, it took me through all my childhood and then my mid twenties, I, um, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, a guest on a couple of Tropic Surf boat trips uh, thanks to my uncle and his uh, rich business friends that tagged, I was a little nephew that got to tag along and um, through that journey I got to meet Ross Phillips, the owner of Tropic Surf and uh, Mark Winston, the general manager and those guys sort of saw, saw something in me and saw not only was I a good surfer but I was um, really good with people mm-hmm. um, and you know, service orientated and cared about people and that's the kind of attributes that they really like in their staff mm. um, because it's not just about being a great surfer, like, yee that's cool. But uh, when you're working with those elite people, you need to be able to be um, 
you need to have a good service background. You need to be able to be caring and kind and look out at what they're thinking of next. Like, they, you need the whole package. Mm. Um, so that that's sort of where it where it's did to to yeah. to then um, being here and yeah. And you coach some of the wealthiest and some of the great celebrities of the world, but we're not tucking into that yet. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're peeling it back. Yeah. So, yeah. when did you first find a passion and a love for surfing? How old were you? How little oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was 10 years old, um, around that age. <clears throat> so probably earlier I'd obviously been to the beach, you know, growing up five streets from the beach. Mum used to take us down there, um, pull us around on a boogie board and muck around and, and just love it. But then to what really was the, ter- the catalyst that, that got me into surfing was, um, so I grew up with a single mum and, and I actually used to love soccer. Soccer was my sport. I was all about it. Um, although soccer fees, I don't know if you know, are pretty bloody expensive. Yeah. And yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all you the got two fees kids. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets up there. Oh, it really mm. does. And so this one year, she just said, "Sorry, Gav, we, you know, you've only got seventy dollars for your budget for your sports. So uh, you're gonna have to figure out what you can do with that." And after scratching my brain for a while, I. I stumbled upon this old full force surfboard, five foot three, just a pig of a board, super <laughs> wide, super fat, brown, um, old old surfboard. But it was the it was in the range of what I could afford. So that and a pair of target boardies, and off I went. Yes, I was, yeah, uh, boy. In the water. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's where it all started, and and it just kept going. Like it just got so addictive. Like. The, the thrills and spills and, and all the fun that comes with surfing. Like, <laughs> I barely think I ever, like, I would have just been standing up on bits of whitewater, just face planning and, and the, that, 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 that learning scale took so long. I swear it took me about a year before I even rode a bit of green water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have mates you were going out with or were you just winging it on your own? What was it, what yeah. was it like? Yeah, no, a good, the good thing about growing in a small community, growing up in a small community, um, in my street, I actually had a couple of buddies, so Blocker across the road and Michael Novi five doors down, who, who consequently went on and became, I think he was number 20 in the world for a, for a long time there in bodyboarding. He was one of the best yeah. bodyboarders. He still is. He's, he's amazing. Uh, a couple of years ago, he won the Big Wave Award for um, surfing the right over in Western Australia. It's wow. just oh, <laughs> absolutely scared the pants off you. Such a heavy wave. Um, so yeah, us, uh, you know, we're in the same street, just, so we would ride down on our bikes to the surf down at Coolum, surf before school, after school, during school, we just <laughs> loved uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no traffic around here then either, was there? Was yeah, there? no, you didn't even have to wear a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I encourage that these days, definitely yeah. wear your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, to your schooling life then, did much schooling happen? Oh yeah, it's probably why I dropped out in year 11, but yeah, um, <laughs> no, like schooling's great. You got to do it. It's uh, definitely oh well helpful. No, but... let's let's <laughs> stop him. That stop you there. <laughs> Not everyone's made for school. That's true. I, I didn't like school. Um, it didn't suit me. So you can express how you feel about it. It's not like the. It's coming out now. I know it is that the way we get taught, like five percent of the whole population, is the way they learn. Yeah, true. Well, and, and everything's transferable, isn't it? Yeah, I like that, Will. I mean, I guess, yeah, you're right. So I left, I left school in year 11 and um, started working pretty early. And 
yeah, you can't regret those things. I mean, because that's what defines you. And, and a lot of those skills that you learn along the way through working is they're all transferable and they really do create who you are and, and what you can achieve. So, yeah, you're right. Um, obviously, best path would be great if it, could, if it could have been education, but it wasn't. So, yeah, that, that's, that's where I was. Left school and started working at the Hyatt, actually. Yeah. That's maybe where I got the service side of things, yeah, the yeah. Hyatt Regency and Cool, yeah, which was a great resort yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Tell us more about school and your school life and your relationship with your teachers. Did you have a favourite teacher? Um, oh. Did you get bullied? You know, <laughs> give us stuff that went on. Boys are digging up the digging up the. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going there. They're going yeah. deep here today. Well, come on, like you yeah, work with yeah. a lot of young kids. They're yeah, going right. through hard times. Did you have any? I would have to say, oh yeah. I mean, every kid does. I mean, well, I would assume it's kind of what defines you. I mean. You know, growing up in Australia, it's the whole tall poppy syndrome. So even if you were quite good at something, you were cut down pretty quick and you are just one of your peers, you know. Yeah. There was no room to be better than anyone else. Um, even if you were, it was only for a fleeting moment. Um, you know, I was a pretty small kid, so I got my fair share of, you know, rumblings and stuff. But I think actually being small was kind of an advantage because I had big mates that used to stick up for me. <laughs> um, I found myself always with these big friends. But in terms of teachers, I would say it'd have to be B. Lee, uh, Brad Lee. He's uh, still a local guy here who has his own surf academy. And so he, he actually founded, he was our math teacher. Yep. Um, and he founded the um, school surfing for Coolum State High School. So I was a part of that when it first started up. And that probably kept me in school that bit longer because that was pretty cool. And math, it made me, I was actually pretty strong at math because he was like, you know. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, was math your favourite class? Definitely was, definitely was. He was teaching us about uh, algebra, algebra I used to call it. (laughs) (laughs) He made us, uh, and then we'd just start talking about surfing, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so. School was good. School was cool. It was, um, I didn't, I didn't have any like, Nothing like majorly bad happened. Everything was pretty cool. Like it was, I mean, you get to hang out with all your mates. Um, half the time, I remember actually in primary school making uh, plasti- uh, plasticine waves on my desk. And we had these little rulers, these plastic rulers that we would snap. And in our lunchtime, we would shake them into surfboards. We would heat up the um, nose and make like a bit of rocker on it. You know, I even had a little swallowtail on mine. And uh, <laughs> we, we made this concoction, which was Play-Doh and uh, Blue Tack, which we called Goober Tack, which uh, you mix it together, made it super sticky. And we would use that to, um, to glue our fingers to the surfboard so we could surf our wave. Yeah, the tech deck before. Yeah, yeah. the tech deck. <laughs> yeah. The surf deck. Yeah. It was so sick. I don't know how our teacher let us do that and get away with it but i guess it was cool and primary back yeah, then yeah like the boys are well that's how i got through kind of high school really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> playing tech tech with a little skateboard yeah <laughs> boys will be day. boys yeah, yeah. that's right <laughs> they occupy our brains <laughs> we must fidget we must, yeah, we must, must. yeah. so like it, it's pretty strong then your one like I, I like to call it your one love like your love for life like what you were meant to to do when you're being put on the earth um, you know, if you weren't surfing, you, you bloody tech, surf teching with your hands and stuff in class, and I suppose you, you know, you helped start up a 
surf school within the school. Um, so you found your one love pretty early, eh? Which is awesome to see. Yeah, like, Will. I guess I'm pretty lucky. Um, yeah, it's just, it's funny if you just follow your heart and what needs to happen. Like, it just, it just naturally happened. Like, it was, as I said, it happened from coming out of not much money, so being in, just following your dreams like what 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 what's what's exciting what's next okay that feels good do that i guess if it doesn't feel i've always had this thing i've always said if, it, if i don't like it don't do it just go do something else don't have to do it man and uh i guess i guess you know pretty blessed to be able to, to do that but it's always sort of worked so yeah yeah, yeah no i'm a massive believer in that massive oh if it feels good do it if it doesn't don't yeah. <laughs> keep it simple right yeah 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 keep it simple it's yeah. the way to roll that's for sure yeah so if you're at your job banging your head against a wall all day and stressed as hell and going what am i doing man it's the weekend so i get pissed and then fuck it's monday again there's another way to there's live. another way <clears throat> There certainly is. I mean, I guess there's some times where you've got to grind it out to get the money to get ahead to be able to transition. There's a time where you need to be, like, for lack of a better word, a prostitute, and you have to prostitute you, yourself out for the time to, to work that job and grind, you know. Um, as I said, I'm a carpenter by trade. I got a ticket you know, doing carpentry, which was great, you know, such a handy skill to have. Um, but I could quickly see that, man, my body's going to be wrecked. I watched guys around me on the job site go from 55 an hour down to 35 overnight because we had a GFC and, you know, and then that, these guys were 50, you know, um, the global financial crisis. So yeah. that was pretty, a bit of an eye-opener going, well, I don't know if I want to be in an industry that I'm going to slog my guts out, my body's all broken and get to the end of it and have to halve my wage just because the industry dictates. So... Yeah, again, it was following, like, if you don't feel it, just, you know, grind it out, get the money, get the certification, get that done, and then step onto something else. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like, um, I like what you said there. Like, I, I use prostituting yourself out as well to your work. Um, but if you have to do that, like you were saying, yeah. if you have a goal in mind that that money that you're making for that job at the moment is to then go do your passion. Yeah. Then it makes it a little bit easier. It's still hard because you don't want to be doing it. But if you have to prostitute yourself out to your work, as long as you have a um, a goal in mind with your your one love whilst you're transitioning, then yeah, it's pretty sweet. It makes it that a little bit easier. But if you're just going to work, yeah, and just not enjoying it, then it's just like shit, isn't it? Yeah, you're no good to anyone, your family, yourself. I don't yeah. think it really... It really manifest too much so i wonder whether there was something about um carpentry that you enjoyed stuff that was in there that you already liked that maybe drew you to it in the first place i absolutely think there is because if you ask my partner camille she'll tell you that i'm i've always got a project on the go like yeah <laughs> we, we bought an old house here and we've renovated it and uh, i did a lot of the work and it's it's come up great but still, I'm always trying to think, oh, what's my next little project I can build? Like, there's something about using your hands and, mm. and, and creating something. And I guess that sort of, it's just like surfing, you know, you, all you are really is creating, um, you, 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 it's, it's an art form, really, the way you surf the wave, the different lines you draw, mm. like it can be so many different things to people. So yeah. 
Yeah, you're right, Tristan. You're yeah. definitely onto it. It's, it's, it's I love that creativeness of building and making stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you uh, you mentioned before like the elements, like surfing with all the elements and then building. You're using all again all the elements from Mother Nature and and all that as well, which is yeah, the timber. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. I think there's a lesson in it for all of us, though. Like sometimes we're drawn to a path, and there's so much for us to get out of that. And then you know it just gets a bit stale, or you know we're ready for something new, or to take on a different journey and learn new things and be useful to the world in a different way. And we've got to be willing to just steer away, make a change, like you've done. Doesn't mean that you're not going to be a carpenter and use those skills. Just means that that's not how you're going to make your crust or you're not going to put all that time and energy into it yeah because he's got a uh, we're at um the place in the backyard garden and uh he's got a chicken coop out there <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> it looks pretty sturdy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's that's no solid. flimsy chicken coop no, that's, a, <laughs> that's even, the work of a carpenter that one it's even got a uh, security door on it so the chickens right, can't get out it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a serious door yeah 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 yeah, yeah it is isn't it sweet sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so tell us a little bit more about this time that you've spent during carpentry. Like, who were you working for? How did you fall into it? What did you build? Yeah, cool. What was this phase in life like? Yeah, it was, um, it was a phase. I had been traveling around the world for a year. I'd taken a whole year off and backpacked around the world, which was freaking amazing, mind you. Um, I started in Canada, worked in the ski fields, uh, bought an old van at the end of that season and ripped out the back seats and built a bed up off the ground. And So again, using the carpentry skills before I actually became a carpenter. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, drove down into Montana, all the way down the west coast of the US and yeah, just had an absolute blast for like 10 weeks. And then went over to Europe and the UK. And <clears throat> when I was over there, I did a little bit of labouring work in the UK and yeah i just enjoyed building things i was like i always had this um passion for making stuff so i was like it'd be good to actually know how to do it properly instead <laughs> of just like <laughs> building rickety little things that i would do um so yeah then i came back to australia and um i was fortunate enough to get an apprenticeship with a guy in town because again growing up in Coolum, a, a lot of the stuff I guess that's happened is it's not what you know, it's who you know, you know, it's like people that I know have a yarn. Yeah, I'm interested in that. They're like, I'm looking for someone to, to, uh, to put through a trade. So yeah, I did that with a local guy in Coolum and that was cool. Three or four years of uh, building houses and a lot of renovations and really just honing the skills. I got to work with some older guys that were really um, skillful, you know, that they'd, they'd been through the trade their whole life. There was um, a couple of younger guys on the team too who were like, you know, go-getters and going hard, which were really cool guys to work with and just see the, the different paces of it all and just learn how it all works because it's a pretty uh, interesting industry, the building industry. It's probably one of the main pillars of uh, our economy in Australia, really. Um, so there's so many different um, channels, you know, because I got to work under a builder so I could see what this, the, he'd put me with the Sparkies, he'd put me with 
um, the Tylers, like everybody just to sort of labour for them and see how it all works. So, That's yeah. pretty cool. That was really cool. And it did definitely came in handy when uh, I renovated this house here because I was able to sort of see the whole project come together. And, uh, and you've done a beautiful job. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, boys. Glad to share this space <laughs> with you guys. Yeah, yeah. thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah. Especially on this rainy day. Yeah, I know. Be, yeah. Get some reprieve. It's <laughs> so good to be in your home and, yeah, yeah see what you've done with it. With, um, like, you hear so many stories about um, Apprentice having a rough time. How was yours? Was yours, all, like, was he, he sounds like he could have been a cool guy to learn off, or? Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy. Um, tough, nevertheless, definitely old school. So, yeah, so that. Yeah, a lot of digging holes in the mud, and uh, clay, mind you, actually. Great. I remember, like, just walking around the job site at the start of the, from the start of the day to the end of the day, you, your boots are, like, four inches higher, uh, just caked on with mud <laughs> on the side of a, you know, 45-degree hill. It was uh, pretty hard work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it comes with the whole, definitely resilience. You, bur- you build resilience doing mm. that job because there's a lot of times during the day you're just like, oh my God, I just want to throw the towel in. But you've just got to keep digging that hole. Yeah. You know. It just makes you tough, doesn't it? Mm. Like, it does so, make like, you tough. Now kids don't even want to pick up a shovel or, you know. Yeah, which is a not shame. Not all kids, that's like, which you know, sh- but yeah. like, you know, I'm going to put it out there, most of them. Yeah. You'd rather be on the iPad or something than outside digging a hole. Yeah. And then if you tell them that you've got to go dig a hole, they start crying and... They think it's a punishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's actually, yeah. it's actually, yeah, as we just said, it builds resilience. Yeah. Like, it's actually really, really good for you. As hard as it is and you've got to suck it up, you come out of it going, well, you know, I can get through shit, you know? Yeah. You yeah. learn how to, contr- again, control your mind through that time. Yeah. Chuck some turns on. Let's just hook in. We're going to be here all day. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. If I mope around, it's not going to get done any quicker. One scoop, another <laughs> scoop. Yeah. So you learn that life lesson out pretty quickly then, if yeah. you're going to mope around. <clears throat> just, yeah, there's no point. What's yeah. the point, really? Just get on with it and make it fun. Make it fun. Try to try to put the mid tunes on or throw a bit of mud at the other tradies, figure <laughs> out something, you know? Like, yeah tease each other a little there's definitely some good camaraderie that happens on the job site because everyone's in that same uh boat you know you're all yeah. together yeah you're gonna build this house so it's no good moping around together about this house <laughs> yeah. you're building yeah. i know right yeah. <laughs> it'll yeah. never get done no so no it was good yeah yeah, yeah. awesome you reminded me of my first day at the concrete yard my um good mate said I've got a job I needed to make some money to go to Europe and he said you can come and work with us two-week trial two grand cash um, <laughs> you can't resist come and give it a go yeah. and on the first day I rocked up at 4 30 a.m. and I thought shit what am I doing at this place um, it was freezing it was in Melbourne I had full trackies on they gave me a set of bolt cutters and um for the first i think two hours i was just bent over holding this heavy pair of bolt cutters <laughs> and my back was aching i was sniffing concrete dust it just felt like the most contradictory environment ever and um at lunchtime i made it to lunchtime and i must have looked just exhausted and completely worn and i moped down the concrete yard 30 meters past Paul and I said 
See ya. I'm done. <laughs> and, he, and he must have taken me so seriously. He came out and checked on me. He was like, are you going? Are you done? I'm so sorry. And I was like, just shitting you, mate. I'm just joking. <laughs> but this job does suck. <laughs> you know, it's hard work. But yeah. it does build resilience. If nothing else, it builds yeah. that toughness. Yeah, and a broken back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we all need to go through it, I reckon. That's what that's where you get your growth, isn't it? And to be able to just see the the light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, and work through it like on your journey. Yeah, well you can make light of those hard times like I've said and yeah, it makes them easier. It's, yeah. I think it's easier. you learn a lot about yourself. To be honest, yeah, you know, yeah. you've, got, you've got a lot of time to reflect. <laughs> yeah, that you do. It's kind of like when I started doing some training with you, Tristan, at the gym. Uh, sorry if I'm jumping forward here, but <clears throat> it was really interesting because I'd been, uh, you know, coaching people and explaining how to do different stuff and, and inspiring people and doing all that. And then to actually be on the other foot and be a student again yep. and listen to your cues and, and, and listen to my body and focus in and, you know, try not to get too overwhelmed when it wasn't going right. And then, and not, I caught myself a couple of times trying to like, you know, cheat myself in a way by talking to you a bit more and <laughs> getting <laughs> out of it Extending out bit. the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, extending yeah. out the rest period. I'm like, oh no, I'm that kid trying to get out of work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely all those things teach you about yourself really. If you stop and reflect and yeah i think it's good to be a, a student of life i guess for as long as we can be yeah no matter what that learning, is hey. yeah. um just picking up you were you were able to reflect like in these not everyone can do that like they'll either reflect or numb it or whatever who was the influence in your life that sort of taught you to if there was anyone if you or you just naturally did it taught you to be able to look at your emotions like that yeah, I think, I don't know if there's any one person. I mean, growing up uh, with a single mum, I always took a lot from, I would always look at, there's a lot of different men in my life and I would try to um, take the best from them and throw away the worst, right? Because yeah. we were all, I mean, I have my weaknesses, I have my strength, we all do. So I just, from an early age, I would try to do that. I would try to like go, you know, this guy's got some really good stuff about him this stuff I don't like, so what can I take from that person and try to implement? And yeah, that that's so that's where it's so, been. And then and I guess I guess working overseas and spending a lot of time uh, either on flights or or just in transit um, or in hotel rooms, I was able to tap into some podcasts and listen to different. Um, you know, I've always been about trying to be the best I can. So whether it's listening to Tony Robbins or it's Paul Check or it's these guys that are just inspirational guys and they do these amazing, oh, Tim Ferriss, do great podcasts about other people that mm. are uh, all have achieved great things. So mm. I think that's that's where I've taken it all from. Yeah, yeah. awesome. But um, so I mean, you just, so I suppose, getting back to the question with that, so just by the sounds of that, you just naturally had an um, intuition within yourself to be able to do that because to be able to go, oh yeah, what it, like, yeah. to say to yourself, I'm going to take um, this from this guy, that from that guy, like, you know, and take the good, put away the bad, like, that's pretty, 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I do definitely have had some really good role models. So my uncle, for example, yeah. he's my mum's brother. He's a geologist. He's a you know, super intelligent guy, but really like practical. He's a great fisherman, loves surfing. He's an adventurer. He's, he can do everything. And not so not not only intellectually, but also practically. And so, and he had traveled a lot overseas with his work, you know, in the depths of Borneo in the jungle, like looking for gold to Chile and mm. South America. So I, I guess I was definitely very inspired from him and his yeah. travels. Yeah. Like he would ring me up on a sat phone. Um, <laughs> I'd be, it'd be a Sunday night in Coolum Beach and you'd get the phone call and I'd get so excited, you know, and it it was a funny one because with the sat phone, you had to take turns talking. So (laughs) he was like, he was in Borneo, he was in Indonesia, just way up in this mountain and he would call and he would talk for a little bit. And then I learned that I would have to then talk for a little bit and then there'd be a pause and he would talk and, and then he'd come back and he would tell us of his adventures. And yeah, so that he was definitely a pivotal, uh, human that yeah that helped me and yeah. and has he still is to this day he's such a great guy yeah. um you know i look up to him he's got a beautiful family with three kids and he's just uh yeah he's great yeah awesome i think having these people in our life that we look up to and feel inspired by and you know we get these warm feelings can be a real clue on how to live our own life and um it's really cool i reckon that you've noticed that in him was there anyone else that stuck out for you that you've shaped yourself? You, you mentioned Tony Robbins, but was there any other, you know, pivotal, pivotal humans? Um, yeah, so again, it's, uh, you know, my uncle, his business friends, Steve, he's a great guy as well. He's a great guy as well. Um, he's a great businessman, so sort of watching how he's been so successful. Um, Ross Phillips, what he's created, the, the company that I used to work for, Tropic Surf. Um, so what was it about Ross Phillips? Oh, just the way that he was, he's actually, he's very, um, he's great at articulating, um, and putting into words, uh, whether it's writing or talking about surfing and breaking things down, uh, which is really important when we, when we work with a lot of A-type personalities, um, and, and when you are working with the richest people in the world, you know, they don't want to hear just... Uh, yeah, just just feel the ride or whatever, you know, it's like they want to know why, you know, if I fall off, why why did that happen and, and uh, how can I correct it? So a lot of correction and detection and he just, he's just a very analytical guy and mm. uh, I really love the way that he, he's able to put that down on paper and, and then be able to share that with other people to, to kind of create little, I guess, people like himself, you know, mm. which is really talented <laughs> because I don't have that naturally, like, he, yeah so had, you've had to off. work on that i've had to work on that yeah, yeah. i've had to really um read up all the the literature and then that he has and really think about it and do a lot of critical thinking which is great mm. but it's not sometimes not a skill that's just given to you so um yeah he's another role model for sure mm. yeah so even though you had this <clears throat> this amazing personality and this service-based mindset um, and, and he saw something in you, there was still a lot of growth that had to have for you to go from being a great surfer to someone that can work with his clients. Did you have to earn opportunities with wealthier and more prestigious celebrities or 
you know, how did, did you climb up the ranks or how did that, that all happen? Yeah. <clears throat> so with Tropic Surf, you basically, it's pretty crazy. They get like 40 resumes a month. Like so many people are trying to get the job and they really only accept one or maybe two people out of that. Um, and then once you finally do get accepted for the job, then you've got to pay for all your own flights, basically work for free for two months over in the Maldives. You get your accommodation and food paid for, but uh, everything else is off your own back. So you go over there with, and with the hope to get a job, but you might not. You got to go do the training and if you don't pass it, then too bad, too sad. Uh, so <laughs> it's pretty heavy, you know, and I, at the time I was actually doing some mining work for my uncle. Yeah, I've done a lot of different stuff. So I was, uh, helping him doing some field assistant stuff and, uh, I was making like almost 10 K a month. Like it was getting good money. I was working like three weeks out of the four away in the bush. And so I was like, all right, so give up this job to go over and do that and follow your dream. I had to think about it for a couple of minutes, but it didn't take too long because uh, obviously I love surfing so much and the Maldives is such a iconic location that I've always wanted to go and uh, check out. So there I was, quit my job, jumped on a flight, flew over there, um, did the training uh, with Chris Pruitt, one of the head guides at Tropic Surf. And um, about six weeks into it, he was like, Gav, you've done a great job. We're actually going to send you down to... Um, one of our new resorts in the southern atolls uh, called Como by Malafushi. You're going to set up the surf shack there and, and where you go, you're going to be a manager straight off the bat. And I was like, whoa, I barely know your business model. I've like just, like I felt like I barely knew it. I've just kind of <laughs> done the training and here I am. And all right, let's go. Like dive in the deep end, strap your boots on, dig that hole, let's do it. So um, off I went and... Um, yeah, that was that was a crazy journey. Um, if you want me to harp more on that, I, I got a pretty cool story because definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's like, this cool story? Oh What's well, this cool story? you know, this cool story was uh, a moment of of just you know, I don't want for lack of a better word, shitting yourself. It was like so. Not only was I getting that job to get down there, the transport route was to go back to Mali, jump on a private seaplane who that's owned by mr ong he's the one of the richest businessmen in um singapore and owns a lot of the maldives so this is his seaplane that he was going to be on with his family uh his wife and his daughter who the resort was her little baby um and yeah so you'll jump on that and you guys will fly down together Mind you, as I just said a minute ago, I barely knew what I was doing. I've just finished. Like, I understand all the coaching side of it. I got all that dialed in. But I've never been to this other island. I've never surfed any of the breaks there. So I jump on this flight with Mr. Ong. And he's a pretty interesting guy. He asked me a few questions. They're pretty loaded. He knows the answer to them. A couple of them I knew. One or two I didn't. And instead of bullshitting him, I just said, look, I'm not quite sure about that, but I will get back to you. And... Uh, he seemed to, he liked me enough to let me on the plane. So we, flew, <laughs> so, so we flew down. We, uh, and of course it's this rock star landing, right? Like we don't just land in the pontoon over there. We literally land. They've got this beautiful resort with this huge bay, like bay. And 
he lands right there. They back the seaplane right up onto the beach in front of the restaurant and this huge pool. The whole resort's there ready, waiting to, to meet him. And uh, I'm just like absolutely terrified. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. So we roll out of the seaplane and, you know, meet the general manager and everybody. It's, it's quite overwhelming. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of the, how quickly it can happen that you are rock starred into uh, working with those kind of people. Um, there's, there's not really a like work your way up gen- unless, well, it wasn't for me. Yeah. I was able to just jump straight into that. And then we had private clients from New York and it just kind of, it just kept going from that to teaching princes and princesses. And it's the first time I'd ever taught a princess. I was, I kid you not. I was like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> from where? Um, she was from, say, <laughs> from Saudi or something yeah, like yeah. I, I never really tried to, you know, you could go deep into, you know, you can search the people, their name, do all that. I try not to do that. For, why? Probably to, to calm my nerves. So I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'd rather almost just treat them uh, as a normal yeah. person on face value yeah. and just do the best I can, give them the best service and... And again, listen to what their needs are and their wants. What do they really want out of this? Because some people are just doing the one time surf lesson, yeah. stand up on a board. Yeah. Some people are, it's, you know, they want to do it around the world yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. That's some pretty strong core values you got there to do that. Like, you know, so man. easy to just jump on the internet, quickly have a look or whatever, but you're like, no, nah, this is like, you know, I want to treat them just as a normal person um, and just for their needs and wants. They probably don't have a lot of people that do that for them anyways, as it is. So they probably think it's quite refreshing to probably have that, I would assume. Yeah, it feels Definitely. that way. It feels that way. They don't sort of, I've never had any feeling of like, yeah. you know, because, yeah, I don't know. For, for better or worse, I just yeah. do it that way and that sort of worked for me. Yeah, yeah, sweet. That's awesome. How did she go then? She did great. Yeah. <laughs> Good teacher that yeah, I yeah. take. Yeah, great teacher. <laughs> yeah, it was super cool. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to just, I guess, throw away the, or push the money aside from mining and really take on an opportunity to do what you love. And who knows if it's going to work out. It's obviously a great two-month adventure, but, you know, not everyone's willing to step into that. Um, but you really backed yourself that you'd handle it and, and look how it turned out. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it then, you know, skyrocketed into seven years or so away with Tropic Surf, bouncing between... Maldives, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Mexico, Indonesia, Fiji, like all these amazing countries. And um, yeah, I, I did. I made good money. Like it, it paid for itself in the end. It was worth it, you know, because you are working with such um, affluent people that um, they're willing to pay, you know, extra money for the lessons. And they're, yeah, they're literally willing to pay top dollar and uh, for the experience and... Yeah, so it, it was definitely well worth it. Yeah, beautiful. Well and what was like, what was one of the most amazing trips you went on? Oh, the most amazing trip. Wow. Yeah, there's been... Because you've of... surfed all around the world, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, well, not everywhere. I mean, there's so <laughs> so Every break. Oh, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> not by, by any means. I mean, and I'm not like the, the core explorer of these. I, I can't like claim it like the guys in the 30s that were, you know, going around the world, just exploring every little inch of, of the earth. But 
I, you know, I sort of had it laid out for me a little bit because Tropic Surf had already, Ross had actually um, done a lot of that and figured out a lot of the waves and, and coupled that with great resorts. Um, I, I would say the best trip I've ever been on was to the Andaman and Nicobar Islands. That was a, that's in the Bay of Bengal. So you've got India to one side, Malaysia and that to the other. And it's, it's, uh, you can't actually go to the Nicobar Islands, the military owned, but the Andaman you can. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I mean, the place is amazing. You've got elephants still in the, like in the ocean, just washing themselves. Mm. You've got, we, we went, oh, wow. It, it's, it's insane. It's the, the most remote, incredible place that, that I've ever been to. And, yeah. Uh, in terms of fish for the fishers out there, um, it was pretty funny. I, I, I came aboard this luxury boat with uh, my TLD 50. So it's a, sorry, I had a TLD 25. So an overhead Shimano reel. I've rocked on to, to you know, do some fishing. And the captain just laughed at me. He goes, ha we're getting, I'm get, I've got a TLD 50 and I'm getting spooled. He said, the fish we're catching here uh, like six foot long they're like the size of guys oh, they're massive <laughs> like massive and and later on i was i got to experience that we caught some huge beautiful fish we we went um just swimming you know snorkeling with a uh, huge uh, giant trevelli with eyes just massive eyes big jaws just looking at you the things were like as deep as me they must have been like 60 or 80 kilo fish they were so intimidating just schools of them it was yeah, incredible place and waves are super fun and wow. just no one around. Yeah, mm. that was probably the best. Living awesome. the dream there, are you? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, Tropic Surf. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a little shout out. Check them out online. Yeah. They'll take you to uh, some pretty special places. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonder you ever came home. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Um, but no, you know, like life's such a journey, you know, that it's... it. it, it I think to some aspects it has a bit of a shelf life. Like it, it's, I say that and I just went on a trip for work the other day to Sumba with Tropic Surf, but uh, that's because I have a beautiful partner who allowed me to go with a one-year-old child. But um, yeah, you know, like life's about everything and I, I'm enjoying this next stage of life and um, having a family and uh, have our first child. And yeah, it's good. It's, a, it's I, I, I think it's actually the best thing I've ever done, having a child. Like... The, the travel and tropic surf and all the stuff, working with the richest people in the world and the, you know, whatever, movie stars, all that. It's great. It's really cool. It, it, it definitely is. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I equally am so stoked that I've had a kid. Like that's just, what, that first day when you have your first child and you just like, it's in your hands and you just like, oh my God, you got the sleep deprivation, you got all the emotions, like everything. It's incredible. Like you cannot, you cannot replicate that that feeling or that emotion. It's like, yeah, yeah, hands down. Oh, it's so true, and you'll experience it. But the older they get, and the more of an individual they become, that love for your kid um, just grows even more. And it's just yeah, seeing them go on their journey is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, you got to let them go and. Uh, it was really cool to get away for myself the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it's yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, actually have some sleep through the night. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Beautiful. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty um, interesting life, isn't it? 
I love it. Just been surfing, catching waves, rock starring as you point, point out, just rock starring it everywhere. <laughs> and then um, you've just got this amazing inner wisdom or soul that has guided you like along the way and you know, you've listened to it, it sounds like. Um, which is like, you know, a lot of people don't listen to it, do they? They just sort of let it go and don't live their their dream life. So it's pretty crazy that you've just done that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, <clears throat> it's t- just tapping into that. I guess sometimes it's a bit of practicing what you preach. So like when you're telling other people to breathe and relax and just take some time and think and stuff like that, then, well, hold on, maybe I'm going to do that myself. So... Yeah, it's probably, you know, being in the, the industry and being around good people and seeing people that have achieved and um, just trying to, yeah, just, just, yoga also helps. I was very lucky if I was to think back of mum got us into yoga when I was about, oh, I reckon I was like 15. Yeah, there's a guy here who um, was doing yoga and in town and um, Sean and uh yeah, it was, it was pretty funny because, uh, as you know, I was, or as I said earlier, I was a surfer and I was surfing every afternoon and doing that sort of stuff. And one, one day a week on a Wednesday afternoon, I, I wouldn't surf. Obviously, I'd have to go off to yoga. And my mates were like, where are you going? The waves are pumping. Like, I just, oh, yeah, I've got to do this thing with mum, you know, da, da, da. And back then, yoga wasn't really a cool <laughs> thing. It was like, I don't even think anyone knew what it was. So, yeah, um, I was, was kind of blessed that, that mum helped us tap into that at a young age and just because yeah. that is where I guess it started the whole just the shavasanas at the end breathing yeah. you know like all the different poses that you get in and have to breathe through like mm. that's again stopping connecting with the breath slowing down like mm. yeah yeah so yeah now, now that I'm thinking about it Will I reckon that's yeah we got there we finally got yeah, there, you got there. <laughs> <laughs> yoga connected and that's what it is there's always something that connects you and gets you looking inwards and, and having that relationship within your with yourself and not just trying to drown it out um, with stuff whether it's watching TV alcohol whatever you know there's so many eating sugar oh yeah there was another thing that came up. Um, I'm a big component with Mother Nature <laughs> and, uh, and working with her and, and learning from her. What's your, con- like your connection with her must be amazing, just surfing all the time. And growing up in Coolum back in the day when what? I think we're the same 84. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't much going on here. So it's like you've grown up. I grew up on King Island. Do you know? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. there. So like the, the nature there, like the, the impact that that had for me um, was amazing. What's the impact for you um, growing up? Yeah. In a, oh, it's been a huge, sea. yeah, huge part of my life, Will. I mean, so our family house is over on Springfield Ave, which is basically backs onto the bush and Stumas Creek. So I spent every other waking hour of my childhood down in the bush, making cubby houses, you know, playing around with the bush, finding animals, trying to, you know, fishing in the creek, canoeing up there. So, yeah, I think from day dot, it's just been about nature, you know, like um, tapping into all the elements. And then I think that helps you to become more understanding of the elements, especially when, you know, like when I take people surfing, 
they're so out of their comfort zone some people you know it's it's raw out there it's rugged it's like there's so much going on but you you with all that craziness and all that what can seem so erratic and crazy and you know waves choppiness and wind and all the stuff you sort of you find a way to just become calm with it all and just yeah just find the, the peace with it i guess and mm. And, and sort of use it to you use the flow of it, especially if we start to talk about big waves and stuff like that. Like understanding the rips and currents, and don't fight it. Like there's no point. Just you can just get yourself gas trying to fight getting back out. But if you relax and go with the flow, and find out where the ocean's moving, where's that current, where's that water moving out? Because it's always going back out to sea. So it's just finding that. So yeah, yeah. Mother Nature's huge, man. That's mm. that's that's number one. Yeah, for sure. Whether it's the bush or the beach, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I talked about that mining work I did, as much as it's sort of like, you know, mining, ugh, anti-mining, but uh, a lot of it was exploration. So it was really just in the bush, just scratching around in the dirt, looking for stuff. So it was actually pretty, it's probably the prettiest type of it. <laughs> yeah. Quite, yeah, just walking through the bush. So that was quite, quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, Will. Mm. What about you, Tristan? <clears throat> Well, I um, I think that moving up here to Coolum has been the best thing that I've ever done because I've grown up in Melbourne and it's like ever since being here, going back to Melbourne, it's like living in a concrete jungle. I just, I can't even connect with it on any level anymore. It's going to a park just seems like the park is in this wrong spot. It's like someone's just put some grass there and a few trees and it's it doesn't even feel natural, I don't think. Um, but being up here, there's the bush just behind you. There's the ocean the other direction. There's, you know, birds and just wildlife. It's just amazing. So, you know, for me, it's this whole new experience of getting in touch with being outside again and getting in touch with the peace and the calm and the, the natural flow of the day and the rhythm of my own breath and just everything. And I'm such a different person living here. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. spot, huh? I've fallen in love with the sunny coast. And um, some days I just, I just get out into the bush and I just take four hours. Like I never would have stopped for more than probably 20 minutes. I'd always be so busy. <laughs> um, you know, you stop for 20 minutes to have a rest just to keep the brain going and then do the next thing, create the next thing, do the next project. It's like you're not achieving anything. And... I can spend four hours in the bush now on a work day and come back completely invigorated and a brand new self and, and a better person to be around. So, yeah, you know, I think Mother Nature's amazing. And I love what you said, Gav, about how, you know, you, you followed your heart and you followed what you love. You follow that passion. It's the same as not fighting the elements in the water. It's, it's, it's all the same. It's the same lesson. Hmm. That's it, it's just following the flow, the tide, and it's easy, and you do that, like you said, isn't it? Like, you know, if you're going along and you come to a dead end and it doesn't feel right, yeah, man, geez, jump off and jump off the wave and, you know, find your other flow and, and stuff like that. And that's the thing where you just got to tap into and, and become aware of as a, as a human being. And um, Well, I had a couple of lessons with Gav, and I went out and we were paddling through this through this gutter and Gav's looking all relaxed and I'm just <laughs> absolutely hammering myself trying to like get out the back in 48 seconds and um 
yeah, what what happened? Like fifteen minutes of me just going, <laughs> just bleeding energy all over the place, and um, I think I had to sort of have this moment where I looked at Gav and just went, <laughs> I can't go anymore. <laughs> And um, and he ended up pushing me out there, paddling himself out and pushing me out, and, but teaching me a valuable lesson not to not to burn the energy too quick and and relax through it. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is that you know you're as a bodybuilder you got such huge muscles that it's pretty quick for them to actually get burnt out on the you know there's. Uh, Surfing definitely has its own sort of fitness, you know, it's, it's, you don't need to be like the bigger and bulkier you are, it's almost a little bit of a hindrance because your muscles just fatigue a bit quicker. Yeah. You need to be a little bit more, uh, you need to be strong for sure. Like wiry, I think, and lean. If you look at a lot of the pro surfers. Yeah. That endurance base in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But again, it's about not going 100 miles an hour straight up like yeah. you, you know just taking your time just cruising through it like, you've got a lot better at though yeah you? yeah and it didn't help that i'd done a big workout that yeah. uh, previous day <laughs> my lats were cooked Pro- probably just lifted 200 kilos or something <laughs> <laughs> it was a good fun lesson anyway it's very humbling <laughs> i tell you what i was pretty impressed with your warm-up though on the beach doing headstands and he's, he's, i don't know if, if you guys haven't seen tristan he's uh He's definitely a specimen. He's uh, super, super strong and uh, very, uh, very muscly. muscly guy. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Gavin. <laughs> yeah, he's a weapon. So, yeah. So when we're, um, you mentioned earlier, Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss and Paul Check, like, you know, we've got access to these great minds these days and, you know, they're putting out some great content and tools how did you, how did you use them? How did you access them? You know, a lot of people just listen and it's in one ear and out the other. How do you make it stick or apply it to your life? Um, I guess it's about, you know, I'm, oh, there's still so much I can learn from those guys to say that I've <laughs> listened to all their stuff and I've applied it and I've yeah. got a multi-billion dollar business. It's probably a lie. <laughs> but it's probably um, fair to say that they've had some influence. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, you know, writing a lot of stuff down helps. Um, I, I'm a bit of a talk. I need to work on my listening skills for sure. Um, so it's checking in with who you are. And for me, uh, writing stuff down has helped me just kind of um, make sure that I have listened and I have processed it. And then that, that goal setting is really mm. important um, to make sure that you are on track and just checking back in with it. Check back with your, with your diary and and make sure, oh shit, I haven't done all those things I said I would do. <laughs> uh, but I have done one or two, so that's really good, and be positive about that. And then, and maybe I haven't done them because that's not actually the direction I want to go in. So is there a reason why I didn't do those things? Um, and yeah, the, the more you can just keep, you know, if, if I, was, I was lucky because I used to do a lot of flights. A lot of flights, a lot of time by yourself, so you're able to tap into those sources and yeah. check in. Uh, obviously, life gets busy, but you've got to find those ways, whether you're in your car, you've got to commute 30 minutes each day to work or whatever it is. Okay, that's your time. Instead of listening to the silly radio with whatever rubbish they're talking about for that day, which don't get me wrong, it's good for every now and again just to tune out, but wherever you can, if you really want to uh, open up that side of your brain, then yeah, 
back on a podcast. Listen to ours today here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might not learn much from me, but yeah. see how you go. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you'll learn that if you're a young guy, from, it doesn't matter where you're from and what you grew up with, if you follow your heart and follow your dreams and uh, be open to the challenges of life, you'll, you'll eventually get to where you want to be. So, yeah. For me, I think it's about tapping into these role models because we don't necessarily have the, the tools of thinking um, that we need, you know, or we don't have the, um, the business experience or we don't have the marketing experience or we don't have the creativity. So, you know, listening to these different kinds of speakers, we can, we can fill that gap and, and just take that idea and go, oh, I could use that in my surfing or I could use that in the way that I experience hard times. It only takes one idea. It just it? takes one idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Um, and because, uh, you know, they say that you um, you are the five most people you hang around with. And with the internet um, today, I like to, there's a little thing, a tool, I suppose, that you can use is like, you, you know, if you want to find five mentors online that you want to replicate and sort of like you can like, you know, choose your mentors now in a way by listening to their podcasts, doing courses that they have and stuff like that. So it's, it's quite back in uh, when we were growing up, I feel old now saying that, but I don't feel old, <laughs> but we didn't have the internet. We couldn't just jump on our phones and, um, Google, um, you know, whatever that like kids today, like they're probably right. 14 years old before, uh, before I was able to use dial up on dad's computer. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Four, fifth. Yeah, 14, 15, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I suppose the point there is that um, trying to, like, if you do want to go go to the next level is that you can find the people that, you know, find good mentors online that you can... Um, the opportunities are there, aren't they? Yeah. The access, yeah. To access those yeah. things. And then if you are aligning with these people's core values that we touch, like touched on before, like your core values, you know, are a massive part of life. Like, you know, what do you value the most in your life? The top, you know, three or five. And if you can live like through that and you find mentors that are similar to that, then, you know, the people that you start hanging around with in your everyday life, because you're on that vibration, I love using vibration, all that kind of stuff, because you're sending out that vibration, that radio signal, you're going to attract people that, are um, similar on that same uh, radio length and which is going to create a better life for you like you're going to hang around with better people and people that aren't on that vibe you're going to start going oh, that, mm, it doesn't feel right I don't think I want to be doing that um, your job that you thought might have been the right path that you were going down completely swings because you start raising your level of vibration and then um, yeah then you got to go that direction and stuff like that yeah, it's about just changing your environment, isn't it? If you if you're not happy with the the feedback that you're getting from people, yep. you know, yep. if you're with people that are sucking the life out of you and and not adding more joy, then get around some people who are going to liven it up, like Gav, you, <laughs> <laughs> like like you boys, absolutely, you. yeah, that's you. it, yeah, like I don't know what you think, but um, since you've been born and raised here and left and come back, like you were seeing a, a bit of change happen and 
I always say this, like, it feels like the coast has got this vibration that's pulling all the right people... Oh, 100%. ...to, to this area. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. You know, like, I actually, it's funny because I didn't think I would move back to my hometown. Like, love all the people here, you know, it's been a great journey, but was it too small for me after traveling around the world and doing all these different things, you know, not, you know, keeping it humble, but uh, I was thinking about that a little bit, and then when I actually came back, I was like, wow, it's great that Coolum has grown. There's so much more opportunities here, Mm. more new people with new energy, new businesses, opportunity to create a business, the ASP that we're doing right now. Like, that, I couldn't have set that up years ago because there just wasn't enough kids in town to coach or, or the or the money or things like that. So, um, yeah, you have to you have to be stoked on the fact that it has grown, and it's only going to be a positive thing. Um, mm. And and you're right, you know. And if you're tapping into that that vibration and that, you make those decisions a lot quicker and easier. Mm. There's less. It doesn't take as long if you are listening to the right podcast, mm. getting yourself around the right people. You become who you hang around with. There's also a bit of a saying about, you know, you've got to hang around people that are on your level for so much so much percentage, mm. people that are, let's say, better than you, people that are struggling. Like so people that you that you can help, people that you can take from, and then people that are on your same level. Mm. You know, it's all about that balance because it's super important to to make sure that you still do uh, are around other people that you can give back to and you can help bring them up. Mm. And uh yeah, equally share mm. people that are on your level and yeah, people that yeah. you look up to. It's good for the soul, isn't it? It really is. It keeps you like in, in harmony. harmony. Yeah, in harmony. Yeah, because yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just working through back and forth. At the end of the day, yeah, it's just a journey, right? We're we all got this. We're all on Earth for so however long. So we just gotta enjoy that journey and yeah, make sure it's the best one. Damn Love it. World cruising great, yeah, herbal tea yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so if you are in the local area and uh you're out at surfing, like what's the what's the kind of people that you take do you like is there a is there a screening system that they have to go through to, to come onto your program or is it like you just take whoever? Like where's um, you sound like you've probably got a pretty good, um, like, listen to how your body feels, like who you'd want to work with and stuff like that. So mm. if I was to want to sign up or whatever. Yeah, thanks so much. So it's, uh, it's you know, the business is sort of evolving all the time, but at the moment it's kind of shaped itself in the way that um, I'm pretty full, like basically if you wanted to reach out to me, it would be on Instagram through Australian Surfing Progression. Uh, you could inbox me. and But yeah, the classes, are, I just run classes every morning and they're, they're pretty full to not sort of sell myself out of work. But um, well, that's every, what you're doing. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves it. They yeah. loves the product, so they just keep coming back. So it's not as transient as other sort of like surf school-y kind of things. Yep. It's more like people that are in the area and doing that but yeah absolutely shoot me a message uh australian surfing progression uh on instagram and uh i'll have a yarn with you young passionate kid might break his way into your team yeah Yeah, the the odd odd one has yeah (laughs) yeah if if i was a mum or a dad and 
yeah, I wanted someone to teach my kid how to surf. I'd certainly be looking you up or a, a program like yours. Thank you, Will. Just with um, yeah, just with the, the whole the whole, and you mentioned it at the start, the holistic approach that you have to to your surfing and the life journey that you've been on. And um, you've got a lot of valuable tools and things to educate and be a mentor for these uh, uh, kids that it seems like you. You're doing and the adults, I suppose. If adults come through your program, yeah, land, you're going to get the the same the same stuff. So yeah, I reckon it'd be sick. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is pretty fun. It's good work. I love working with people. Yeah, you know, it's all about it's all about people, really. Yeah, understanding people, helping people. That's the journey. Yeah, giving back. Are there going to be more surf trips on the horizon, or (laughs) (laughs) can we uh, can we create a surf trip? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just clear the air in the room. Is is the missus listening? (laughs) Uh, Nah, she's all absolutely awesome, and she's uh, yeah. We've talked about doing a couple each year, so I'd say like three to four trips away a year. It's probably a good number. Um, uh, Next is Fiji. Okay. Yeah, in June heading to Fiji so have some clients I'm taking there for a week and on the back end of that the family's going to come over we're going to hang out there so it should be good there you go (laughs) that's what you do like you go for one week and then you bring the family the next and you sort it all paid for perfect isn't it that's how you get get away with it that's how you get across the line with the missus yeah that's it tell us about the missus when did you guys meet oh Camille and I have known each other for over 10 years yep and, uh, yeah, obviously she's amazing and speaks three languages and worked all over the world as well. And, um, but we happened to be back in Brisbane a couple of years ago. We caught back up again and, um, yeah, I, I just threw a line out there like, oh yeah, what's your boyfriend up to? What's he do? <laughs> just, <Hello>, chestnut. <laughs> just, just sort of filtering it, seeing where, where we're at and she was like, oh no, no, don't have anyone. So... That kind of like sparked uh, us spending some more and more time together and yeah, next thing we, the good thing was we were both pretty well vetted because we've known each other for so long. So uh, the re- relationship just just took off and uh, next thing we had a child together and uh, a little COVID baby <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh, got a house and yeah, doing that. So nah, pretty, very stoked. And you're engaged. Yeah, yeah, I got engaged uh, a few months ago, so that's pretty cool to to tie the knot eventually. We're not going to rush into that because we're, we're hoping to have another child. So kind of don't want to be, you know, what it's like. The girls don't want to be pregnant and having yeah. a wedding, ideally. So, yeah, we'll, we'll push that out a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, we're blessed. I mean, yeah, definitely blessed. Amazing. Yeah, life's awesome. Good. Yeah, sweet. All right, we'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there for today. That's fantastic. Um, you know, it's what an amazing opportunity to speak to you today, Gav. And no doubt we'll have you back on the show again and hear more awesome surfing adventure stories. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Will and Tristan. Thank you so much, guys, to, to come to my home and, and get me on the, uh, on the mic. Yeah, first you. time. Awesome. You. Cheers. Peace and health. If, uh, if anyone wants to uh, rate the podcast, uh, we'd love that because that's going to help to uh, get more people to listen. listen in and, you know, hopefully have a great time and, and take one idea from it that might be really, really important for them in their life. Yeah. 
And uh, also, if you know anyone that would be fantastic to listen to, then please, yeah, put them in touch with us. We'd love to interview them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, cheers, fam. Yeah. Thanks, guys.